You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Jacob and Danny with Agape Gardens here in Oklahoma. We actually previously had Jacob on the podcast on an earlier episode, number nine, if you want to go back and check it out and visit his journey. Today, we're going to pick their brains on what they've been up to since we last spoke. So please welcome Jacob and Danny to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey guys. Hello. Hi. Welcome back, Jacob and Danny. We're so happy to have you join us today as well. I just have to say for anyone listening, Jacob is the one who created our intro jingle music for our (laughs) podcast. So we have him to thank for every episode you hear with it on there. But with that being said, tell us about Agape Gardens, where your name came from and what initially made you guys want to start an outdoor home grow of your own. Um, I always heard it growing up from my mom as um, basically God's unconditional love for his children. And I feel like that translates into the garden a lot um, because you kind of have to tend things and show them love. And yeah, um, yeah that's kind of the origin of, of the name is just from that, uh, hearing that growing up and then uh, really continuing to find connections between that word and what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you grow or at, as you have to tend to stuff mm-hmm. or even a, a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, we kind of came together through uh, a regenerative kind of climate change, uh, nature-centered uh, passion, and then that name just kept coming up in, in everything we did. So That's so cool stuff. that, like, yeah. it transitioned from, like, you hearing that growing up when you were younger, mm-hmm. but, like, it transitions into your grow and like so many areas of your life so what did both of you do prior to what you do now you want to go first yeah uh sorry that that name that word goes back so far so i was just like yeah i I need to get ready for that question um yeah before uh growing and uh right now i'm currently in water treatment but uh, in school i studied geology and um, then went on to do kind of soil hydrology uh, in agriculture. So my background is very science uh, heavy and uh, uh, water management related. That's kind of where I was. Very cool. What about you, Danny? Um, I grew up in Oklahoma and then I moved to California so I could do uh, school in marine science. And then I got my grad school degree in marine science as well. And then long story short, I came back and fell in love with Jacob during COVID. (laughs) And so now I'm here and we wanted to kind of merge our passions. Um, I went to school. My my focus for my thesis was more centered around climate change. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, do research studies about how things in the ocean are changing over time in regards to climate change. Um, And then when I moved back home, I my whole idea to come home eventually after graduating from grad school was to spend like five years in Oklahoma mm-hmm. just because um, I just learned so much stuff about climate change whenever I moved that I didn't know before I had moved. And so I wanted to come back and, you know, like help our local community in Oklahoma do similar things that, like sustainability wise that they're doing <coughs> in California. And so that's kind of where Jacob and I had that mutual passion where yeah. we just wanted to make a difference in our local community. 
And then we cool. got into gardening. We thought that That's was the best awesome. way to That's cool. It's so sweet. I know. I still remember when you started your garden in that house on 2nd Street. Yeah, that was like the beginning. Yeah. I really got into regenerative agriculture and how that kind of stores carbon in the soil. And Good. <laughs> Fired. <laughs> oh, of course it's me. I never get phone calls unless I'm on a podcast. <laughs> spam. Oh, of course it's spam. Spam right? calls. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we were talking about gardening, and uh, yeah, that was kind of my intro into our style that we use to cultivate now. Was how do I secure carbon into a reservoir? And it was like let's let's see how regenerative agriculture works and the science behind it. And, yeah, I got really deep into that and all the different kind of loops, closing loops on the farm. And, Do you want to yeah. tell them kind of what carbon sequestration is? Yeah, well, the, uh, the problem a lot of uh, people say is there's too much carbon in the atmosphere and causing a bit of a, a greenhouse gas effect. But if we can take that out and put it into reservoirs, whether it be living plant matter or the soil or uh, in a useful place, uh, even into plants, into biofuels. But, uh, yeah, the point is taking that reservoir that is in the atmosphere and putting it into the ground. And then that feeds and doing it safely, but that can feed your community and that can kind of just, I guess, turning the negative into a positive. But that's that's where I nerd out and <laughs> Over, could, so I fascinating. Rabbit hole. <laughs> it's, it's very yeah. similar to marine science too, because so I studied deep sea climate change mm-hmm. research, and basically you have the water column at the surface is where a lot of the life is, and then things die or you know go to the restroom, and then that stuff falls down through the water column, mm-hmm. and that is carbon itself. And so when it gets down to the deep sea, there's the animals on the ground that kind of like move along the seafloor and mix it up, and then that's how it gets buried. So carbon gets buried into the seafloor for like eons. Mm-hmm. But it's the same concept if you have like the living plants at the surface. Wow. It kind of sucks up the carbon and buries it. Yeah, and we got heavy into those microbes specifically kind of using the uh, a healthier microbe uh, population to move those nutrients and feed the plants and, and, and relying less on uh, hydrocarbon or I guess fossil fuel-based fertilizers and seeing that you have a bunch of hydrocarbons around you that are actually like plants you can break down and kind of make those nutrients available with those microbes is kind of our whole, um, I guess, passion and focus now uh, along with cultivating uh, regeneratively. But it's really uh, cool to see that you have all your answers surrounding surrounding you and being able to use uh, your local biology to kind of capture carbon. And that's our mission is to... Yes, and love love the earth and unconditionally to the point where, yeah, we're removing carbon from the atmosphere into a living soil body, I guess. Mm. And doing it in an eco-friendly way so it doesn't kill things in the soil. Wow, you guys are both so well-knowledged well, yeah, and well-spoken on all of that. Wow, blowing my mind. I know, I'm like, okay, processing the first thing he said and then yeah. trying to yeah. keep up with what she's saying. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So before we keep going, um, Jacob, we've heard from you before, but Danny, will you please tell us where your cannabis journey first began? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I first smoked weed when I was a sophomore in high school, like once or twice. Um, and then, I don't know, I've had an anxiety disorder my whole life, so mm-hmm. when I kind of figured out what weed was, more so outside of high school, probably like 
sophomore year, junior year of college, I just noticed it would help me calm me down a lot. And um, my OCD is better whenever I smoke because so, I have really bad OCD. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just used to use it kind of like melatonin. I'd smoke a bowl before bed and it always calmed my thoughts down. I can get a right. good night's sleep. I don't really, I didn't really do it during the day that much, but then I started dating Jacob and he's. <laughs> and your a, life changed. He's, he's on a whole other level. <laughs> Blows down. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. That's awesome. So what's something that you both take pride in when it comes to your garden? Like it's probably a little bit of the same thing, but individually, like where do you both shine separately and like where where does your passion thrive in the garden? That's a great question. That's a pretty good question. (laughs) Thanks. I guess my specialty uh, the water management, sorry, I need to get up in the mic. Uh, that and then the microbial, uh, the interface between microbes and plants, That's I love to think about how the nutrients move through that. Uh, I think I shine kind of getting into the science of it and um, also just our style is we're there kind of looking in, in the garden every day, so just kind of observing. I just like to respond and observe the plants that's just seeing how they change and what happens when certain if I mess up or if they get too dry what happens or how it's cool to see how they react I like to just kind of study the plants mm-hmm. uh, she's good with the animals I'll yeah. say that. <laughs> really good with the chickens yeah we use our chickens so when they use the restroom you mm-hmm. know it's kind of like fertilizers and we yeah. have a mobile coop so uh, every other day or so, we can move the coop oh, to a cool. different new oh, location that's nice. and kind of fertilize that area. So I'm always taking mm-hmm. care of the chickens and chickens doing that. And yeah, I, I love looking at all the different species of life around the soil and the plants. Oh, yeah, because yeah. that's a huge part of the whole sustainability thing is using the local community or biodiversity to help with our growing of our plants. But yeah, that's like what you got. What we were talking about before about seeing all the animals at the national parks. Mm-hmm. You can see like the complete. Web, yeah, uh, and like you get to really see what is locally there, living, moving instead of just plants without animals. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of embrace our local cover crops and animals to the point where we're seeing like little toads in our pots and mm-hmm. uh, little like field mice, and mm-hmm. we'll have uh, we'll rely on our biodiversity to and welcome kind of a more complete food web so that we don't have all the bugs all the bugs on one plant <laughs> focusing yeah. on kind of if you just mowed everything down and mm-hmm. have cannabis it's like what's everybody going to go to yeah and feed on that oh yeah tell them about the alpaca stuff and yeah we've used alpaca manure because it okay can, it supposedly can help with kind of deter deer and we have deer coming through our mm. is it property. specific alpaca manure that does that that helps I with that i think it's a smell in it and yeah they don't like the but smell. you couldn't just use like other manure and, yeah I think it may have to do their with their larger, diet, larger mammals, maybe, yeah. maybe a or a hormone or a spray, mm. like something yeah. that they just a smell they don't like. Yeah, so the deer will just walk right by our big cannabis plants and yeah. not touch them. That's nice. You've seen it happen. Yeah. Oh, we got, <laughs> oh, wow. Are deer videos. normally attracted to like a cannabis plant? Like, will they? They nibble on trees. They yeah. nibble on yeah. foliage, but uh, so far we haven't had any problems with that it's more grasshoppers but it's uh, okay and, and it could be the alpaca manure but it could be other factors mm-hmm. where they just yeah. have something else to eat it's got yeah. a lot of cover crop around so have 
I know you probably haven't, but have you had any experience in a garden prior to starting a garden? Um, well, in college, I just had a little veggie, like peppers and sage and just, yeah. Tiny but not like, but not cannabis, right? No, so no. do you grow other vegetables and crops with your cannabis? Okay, so since you've had a little garden and now you're going outside and you're the biodiversity of it, do you find your plants are growing a lot healthier than they were? Obviously, it's way different and on a way different scale. But do you, even compared to like vegetables that you would maybe like, or cannabis you buy at like, from somebody else, a different yeah. grower, do you, can you like noticeably notice the difference when you take a bite or a smoke? So you're saying like, can I notice? Like with you guys incorporating like, you know, other, not necessarily incorporating animals, but just like even the manure and just all the different ways you guys are oh. growing. Do you notice a difference in the end result? I hear what you're saying. The When I was getting nerdy into the living soil mix, I, I remember hearing this, and a cannabis connoisseur guy uh, talk about how the manures can affect the flavor mm-hmm. profiles and all that. And also, and he's not allowed to use manure on our vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, okay, that's good to know. Like, Clearing yeah. that up, you guys. Not there's, let him do that. There's like, yeah, manures, cold composts that you can use, like rabbit and alpaca mm-hmm. that don't need to go through a thermophilic, which is like a hot heating um, that you can put right on there. Or there's others that you probably want to get them hot to kill pathogens. There's always a safe way to to close these loops. Yeah. But yeah, you can you can taste. I know that I mean, I haven't tasted my stuff grown in another soil in my soil. I've only kind of tasted mm-hmm. it grown, but I know uh, that I do know the manures and your composition of your nutrients uh, affect the flavor definitely. Did you notice anything with the tomato you grew in the same pot as the that one plant last year? Uh, well, I I guess it's always nutrient density. You get maybe smaller fruits uh, with a higher like, flavor. Okay. Uh, that was my journey out of kind of industrial ag with chemical-grown fertilizers. Mm-hmm. You'll get your your sizes with the, the nitrates and all the uh, things that make the plants big. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you miss out on these more complex molecules that really make the flavor and nutrients there. It'll just yeah. get for mass and okay. water weight and mm-hmm. whatnot. But, uh, yeah. So as you're doing the processes you guys are using, are you finding that you're getting the result of the flavor, like the strong flavor oh, profiles yeah. that you're wanting? Oh, yeah. That's where... Love to get, hear that. For sure. That's like our niche, basically. Like the only way... Okay. It's like craft cannabis. Exactly. Okay. And it's craft, kind of like wine is grown to have a taste of the area. Mm-hmm. Some people call it a terroir. Yeah. But it's craft cannabis. Like we produce a really small seasonal amount but it's with local ingredients from our area mm-hmm. and then also like a basic soil mix so that the plants can like have a home, mm-hmm. but their roots are getting into our topsoil and they're interacting with our cover crops. So there's a lot of nutrient passing and inoculation of biology that will make, I, in my opinion, uh, and I think a lot of the science is, get, is going there too, just increase the rare cannabinoids and terpenes and the, me- the medicine, basically. Very That's cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. to see, like, the yeah. difference in our soil. When we first moved there, the mm-hmm. soil wasn't very fertile. Mm-hmm. And, like, the more we do work out there, the more fertile the soil gets, and you can actually visibly see the difference since we moved in two years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's the, cool. That is the carbon going into organic matter. Uh, it turns in, and that holds a lot more water, and it's darker in color, and that's literally the plant plants growing and pulling in carbon, and becoming our soil. Wow. How long um, have you guys been at the two years at, like, growing outside? Mm -hmm. 
What? How much land do you guys live on? We have three acres, but okay. Yeah, so we this nice. is like our two years of our experimental period. The yeah. first year, rough harvest. Yeah, it was, we, <laughs> it was bad. We, we figured out a lot since then, and yeah, it's we, been doing a lot better this year. Kind of how it has to go, though. Yeah, you know, <laughs> everyone has a rough harvest patch or something where they just learned so yeah. much yes. to where like they knew what to do better next well, time. It was total lessons. It was total like, what can our land give us? We where does the sun mm, hit the best? Yeah. We, we made our own seeds, and we've done that every year because that adds into the. How well it does outside. If it's just grown and born outside, it'll yeah. do a lot better. Uh, but yeah, we just planted a bunch across the field and saw where the plants did good and where they didn't do good, and and it was a direct correlation with where we had it. the smallest bit of topsoil. The plants were like, yes, we love we love wow. life. So yeah, we just scattered them last year at random. Well, we had rows. Well, yeah, we made pots, but <laughs> just like, went we out just there and just yeah. yeah, threw them in the air. When <laughs> here, when here. <laughs> You go there. <laughs> this year we had like 10-gallon buckets, and we did about 50 of them, but okay. each one had living soil in it, so we had a bunch of different properties all in You got to test and, it. Yeah. Nutrients mixed, and, and, and it's from seed. You get stronger babies, stronger plants, but they're either a boy or a girl. They're not guaranteed girl-like cloning. Mm-hmm. So we had to sacrifice a lot. Uh, we're at like 20 or so plants now. Okay. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. Would you say the way you guys grow and like your regenerative process, like, blanked out the rest of my questions. It's okay. okay. I have a question. Ah, okay, um, go ahead, Zab. It'll come back to me. Shoot, did I just blank out on my question? <laughs> you did. I did not. I think you did. And not inspired. <laughs> no, seriously, it was a really good question. Okay, well, we're just going to skip to my question. Now, next question. Um, what would you say is a mind-blowing fact about cannabis that like you per- you two personally like love, that you're like, this is what like gets me going, wakes me up every morning? First to come to mind. Hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> I think it doesn't even have to be mind blowing. It just be something you love. I think that it's so cool that it's so much like uh, people, kind of uh, the way like it reproduces and mm-hmm. how uh, genetics can display. Like it's so beautiful how it can just like a wolf can turn into a whole dog line. Like I guess the way breeding works, mm-hmm. the potential with cannabis and how different it can be many different places it can grow it's just like people in a lot of ways i think and that's why we work so well with it and yeah i think that's what's so special is it's so adaptable and it can respond and it's just very much like humans and how we uh, yeah make offspring and how they show traits and characteristics it's just really cool like yeah the circle of life mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah it's, and it's yeah. a good connection and it gets you outside of your head and kind of yeah i don't know perspective yeah yeah that's what i like too the whole anxiety disorder thing i know so many people with an anxiety disorder and it just just helps shut your brain off yeah just like relax for a couple seconds Mm -hmm. and 
Also, I really like how I didn't know this until I started dating him, but the plants like go to sleep at night. Yeah. So if you yeah. like go out there right after sunset, they're like like all droopy. Like, yeah. They literally go to sleep. It's <laughs> funny you say that. So growing up, my mom would always tell me, "Don't walk on the grass at night. Don't mess with the like. Don't mess with any plants mm-hmm. at night because they're sleeping and they're a living, breathing thing like we are. Mm-hmm. So we don't like to be disrupted. So why would you disrupt them? Yes. And that's always stuck with yeah. me. So like I try not to walk on, unless I absolutely have to. I try not to walk at the grass at night. And when like anyone around me is messing with trees at night, I'm like, yo, don't do that. They're sleeping. And they look at me crazy. And I'm like, it's not crazy, motherfucker. My mom told me. And then they're like, oh, your mom told you? And I'm like, yeah, my mom told me. She's right. She She's <laughs> very correct. Yeah. We kind of treat the ants like they're like our little family too. We, that we have this red ant hill in the front of our house, like right by the driveway. And it's getting bigger. And they're, so our driveway is made out of gravel. Mm-hmm. And every day they like just keep taking more and more gravel from our driveway and making this huge ant hill. Mm-hmm. We finally figured out a way to use it. So our chickens, they have to eat grit because their stomachs, they can't, like, break up food the same way that we can. Mm -hmm. So they eat little pebbles, and then it kind of breaks it up in their stomachs. So instead of buying grit for our chickens, we just let the ants, like, make the little mound of grit. That's so so cool that you guys, like, found a way to... Use so an you ant just pile. Take you know what I'm saying? It's so random. Yes, and every morning they replenish it, but it's what? almost like they figured it out, and so they started making us a little pile so we don't ruin their ant hill. That's They're insane. Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Wow. <laughs> that was a, our favorite loop closing right there. That's so, like yeah. that's such a way to like think outside the box yeah. and be creative. Like I don't know. That's blown away. <laughs> I feel like your grow reminds me of, you know those houses in New Mexico that are um, – they literally, uh, you know, earth chips. Yes, your grow reminds me of an earth ship. That's that exactly makes me how so it would. That literally, you saying that really just nailed it. Like, it's nailed the hammer in the coffin. Like, that's exactly what it. I'm like, huh, this is a very earth shippy type of vibe, and I'm into it. My best friend hates me because I keep the anthill going. She's yeah. like, you need to get rid of that. I'm like, why? It's cool though. It's like yeah. all about perspective. Like, it mm-hmm. always comes back to that yes. because most people are going to try to kill that anthill mm-hmm. or they're trying to get rid of it. And you have to be able to open your mind mm-hmm. and be Dude. able to see beyond what you could do with it. Yeah. And it's a resource. It's yeah. all yeah. They're grabbing all these perfectly sized little pebbles. And- and it's all one ecosystem, so yeah. that those yeah. ants do something specific yeah. to our ecosystem. And They're if you take there. them away, then you're losing something. From that's that. where your background, both of you guys, yeah. that's where that shine knowledge. Dope. <laughs> it's cool. Really? So with your, I remember my question I was going to ask earlier. So with your first year of not having, so did you do one harvest the first year? Yeah. Okay. Did. So knowing what you did with the first harvest and then going into year two, what was the aha moment that, because I know every grower has like good runs and bad runs and the bad runs they have a way of like being like no this is like there's certain standards so what was that aha moment and the certain standard that you guys had that you were like okay this passes like we're good to sell this oh yeah that i mean we looked at everything we pulled from the field very closely by hand and uh we probably our denser nugs our biggest battle was caterpillars so we had to literally like if it wasn't top shelf, beautifully clean, mm-hmm. we were throwing it or fermenting it uh, and using that for nutrients. So that was still a resource. But, uh, yeah, we have probably 50% of our crop, we had to just say, no, you're not, mm. we're not passing this on. But the other 50% was just beautiful, clean, mm-hmm. sun-grown, <clears throat> uh, extremely stinky. But like we were saying, we had a very small year because we didn't mm-hmm. our, our biggest aha moments were organic matter and water um 
for this year. So and we sun. had to precisely and well, we've where it was growing the best. Sure, yeah, yeah. We repositioned it in the field into where the plants got big and and gave them uh, resources and regular water to live because we hand watered the whole field last mm-hmm. year and it was just like a late mm-hmm. two hours. That was the true Forever. agape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then pulling all the males because you planted males too. So. I don't know. The uh, your question was, what was the biggest aha? Mm-hmm. Like that you were like, okay, this is ready to go. Uh, well, you look at the, you can look at the glands, the trichomes, mm-hmm. and see how mature they are. And I picked a sweet spot where it was, if it wasn't too thick and risking uh, mold, we take it. And if it's got mature enough resin glands, mm-hmm. kind of find a sweet spot, not too clear, not too yeah amber, which is usually but like a cloudy kind of mixture of both. Uh, that determined when we would take, uh, and then we would dry for. The, 60 degrees, 60% mm-hmm. humidity for, like, 11 days. Uh, but, yeah, it, that was the indicator was was trichomes. So yeah. once your season's over, what's it look like for the remainder until you guys go start harvesting for the next season? Like, what are you guys doing in the meantime to prep for? Because outdoor growers of Outdoor grows are obviously so different than indoor grows because you oh, can't yeah. do anything in the wintertime. So, like, what are you guys doing in the meantime? We're making soil. Um, getting slowly an indoor grow, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have okay. kind of a mother room slash indoor operation to keep genetics alive. Okay. Very uh, cool. And so cloning our yeah. outdoor plants. And we're trying to basically either make seeds for the next year's outdoor, um, build soil mm-hmm. for our, our soil mix. Composting. Uh, composting. Um, and then fermenting, making nutrients. Uh, a lot of uh, breakdown is kind of during that season. Yeah, like ba- background work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should talk a little bit about that, Jacob, the fermenting stuff. I, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me. Um, one of the things I love about the sustainability that we do is we make our own ferments. So a lot of the times in you know regular agriculture, they'll use ferments that are really harsh on the plants and mm-hmm. they'll kill the local biodiversity and everything that we make is coming from either our old, either compost that we've made or old plants that have died. Mm-hmm. And he, he does these, like, cool concoctions or, like, teas and yeah. sprays them on the plants, Ooh, and they do the same cool. job. They're just a lot healthier for the environment. Yeah, it's either a nutrient. Uh, it's kind of like pickling. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you ever made pickles, or it's a, a, a microbe that, that safely breaks down plant matter uh, without having, like, making room for pathogens called lactobacillus um so what does that spray look like like what is creating oh, it actually <laughs> let me pull out my yeah. ferment i have under the table it's, it's, oh wow <laughs> he literally <laughs> but, just pulled out ferment yeah. from under the table yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazing it. but it's it kind of smells like yogurt it's literally like Can a, i open it and oh, smell yeah, it yeah. Smell I would it, don't I take like a huge whip because it's not the best. Smell. Oh my gosh! <laughs> she <laughs> literally would have done that. It, it varies from like yogurty to like cheese, like a like parmesan, like depending on how long how the temperatures of fermenting fermentation. Mm-hmm. Your labs, your lactobacillus. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, it's not great. If you look on your probiotic, yeah, just what turn does it, it even around. remind me of? I'm see. trying to figure that out. Well, I didn't want to smell it, but now I do. This is how people make cheese. This is how yeah, typically. Yeah. Raw. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm not supposed to say this, but you can like we drink it. Like it I literally should. helps for any if you have a stomach problem, really? if you have like girl problems, yeah. anything. I drink it for it, and I don't have to go to the doctor. It's like instantly problem solved. <gasps> really? But, yeah. I gave some to my sister who'd had she'd been bloated for like two full weeks, and she didn't know why, and she's tried everything, and I finally got her to have some of that, and it was instantly. Is gone. it just like a shot, or do you put <laughs> it in water or yeah, like dilute a little it? Shot. I usually like make crystal light and just pour like a tablespoon or yeah. so. How in often? There. 
Um, whenever I just feel like if I have a stomach yeah. problem, he eats it before he eats a bunch of cheese. Because that was the start <laughs> of my journey. Was like, wow. Why yeah. am I lactose intolerant, quote unquote? And it's yeah. because you don't have lactobacillus, the microbe that has the enzyme that can break up the sugar. It was this like a secret gut. science of what you did this to is, put in here? Like, do you share? Oh no, yeah. I how can, you create this totally, or what? You can find it online. Oh. We can teach classes. You okay. Can do it. It's better if you do it yourself. That's okay. our whole philosophy is regenerative ag is mm-hmm. more powerful when you do it at home, you. But there's kind of, like, you can take classes. I just kind of went crazy online on all the information that's out there. So, yeah, uh, and just studied the heck out of that. But hmm. And then made it enough times and smelt some weird smells and smelt the right, <laughs> right smells. Interesting. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's just scientists. Like, it's already <laughs> in your gut, so everybody has it yeah. in their stomach. Yeah. It's it's just, wow. Yeah, if you culture it from the air at your home, then you're getting the lactobacillus in your area. Wow. And that's kind of how we manage for fungal pathogens wow. on our cannabis. We use this for cannabis, for composting, and technically not allowed to say yeah. for ourselves, but it does help. I, if I'm going to have a bunch of cheese or milk, it's been pasteurized and sterilized, mm-hmm. so there's no mm-hmm. microbes in there. Yeah. So, so you just take like a little bit of that before you So is it something indulge? you could like implement into your diet daily if you wanted? Or is that I not mean, probably good for you? No, so you, they sell, pro, if you go to the store, you can get mm-hmm. probiotics. Most of the time it has lactobacillus yeah, in it. Around. Okay. But That's the thing about like the dehydrated version is if I, I think my dad said it kind of like your the acid in your stomach breaks it down before it can even go through your system. Okay. But the live culture, it seems like it, it works a lot better There's, just because it's a living culture. Okay. Of it. Yeah, a larger density uh, CFUs of microbe. And then also there are lacto that survive your pH ranges of your stomach. Uh, but yeah, I think they're made... You literally look on the back of a probiotic, you'll see lactobacillus. And all this is is just a local cult- culturing of it in your area. And that's kind of... We want to get into really niche cannabis, craft, outdoor seasonal stuff, yeah. but we really also want to be like a local biology provider to give permits to people. That was yeah. my next question, actually. So I saw on one of your guys' Instagram posts, like you mentioned helping others like set up their gardens yeah. and like oh, yeah. organic waste management. Is that something you offer people? Oh, yeah. Consulting. We will come if you want to grow food or if you want to start composting. That's our, yeah. It's like if you, I mean, it's one thing if we have our own, you know, little garden section going, but to really make a difference in terms of carbon sequestration, you need to have a lot of people do it. So if there's anybody out there that's always wanted like a veggie garden, but they have no idea how to make it or how to like sustain it, we can come make you the garden with like whatever vegetables you want. We can give you the ferments for it and we can even like take care of it for you if you don't want to do it yourself. So like and even the living soil that you guys are creating, yeah, sure, you, sure. you can do that too. Put it too. all in if you want like a raised wow. bed or just a normal that's garden so cool. bed. That's so cool. Yeah, that's cool that you guys offer that. I feel like that's not something that, that would be offer. something that I would be like, help me with. Yeah, I'm 100%. not kidding. I'm I yeah. my my parents started a garden earlier this year, like their own way. You know yeah. what I mean? Everyone oh, yeah. has how they want to do it. Yeah, it's not how I would <laughs> and what I would use, but I just didn't really have a chance to. So I was like, next year yeah. I want to do that. But it's what you guys are saying is how I would want to. But I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yes. So we will help I'd be you calling y'all. You just tell us what you want in the garden. And yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. It's That's not so like cool. what a great service. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really. I, yeah, I mean, really, especially because now more people are interested in growing their own fruits and vegetables yeah. because, but are, I mean, in a really clean yeah. manner too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the goal is to and teach you to like teach you how to do it yourself if you want or if you want to save time. We're there with the product or whatever, but the real power is in teaching everyone 
to do whatever yeah. they need mm-hmm. to do themselves and see that it's literally right there. Uh, but then, yeah, there's no, like, my parents garden a little differently. Like, I'm sure your parents garden. Yeah. And have They know, th- like, there is some people that know how to garden really well that don't do it this way, too. So. Mm-hmm. Gardening doesn't just help the planet. Also, even if you have, like, depression or whatnot, digging oh, your yeah. hands in the soil, like, mm-hmm. the biomes on your hands can actually help yeah. cure depression. There so. are wow. white, white yeah. papers out there, especially with lactobacillus in your gut-brain axis, your how your body is inoculated and, and what chemistries kill certain parts mm-hmm. of your biology. It's important in your own like neurochemistry and all that stuff. It, it's, it's so all connected, tied in. yeah. It's all tied in, yeah. Wow. Wow. So you guys have completed this harvest. What's your, like, collectively, what's your big focus that you guys are, like, really wanting to focus on this next harvest? So, yeah, we got one under our belt, and this year you guys are going to have to come out uh, – because like you were saying, will, yeah. seeing the mountains and everything, like mm-hmm. animals in the wild, mm-hmm. we basically have cannabis in the wild. We, that's how we're growing it right now. So that plus kind of a good, nice irrigation system. But it quantity too. Uh, we need more plants. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're but we're focusing on uh, fighting the caterpillars right now. And picking yeah, what them do off. you do for that? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, pick them off. To pick them off and yeah. use the ferments and, and the sprays that we make. There is a okay a, a, another microbe. Bacillus thuringiensis, BT for short, um, and that is what we use to fight caterpillars. That's kind of that plus um, just picking them because it's uh, and spraying them yeah. with the, the fermenting stuff. Yeah, you're saying this is okay. more for like fungus, like powdery okay. mildew or, or um, any. The lactic acid is kind of nice, like a preventative. Nutrition. Yeah, this yeah. is for micro prevention and also nutrient cycling. But because we know it's coming yeah. this year, we've been like proactive in making yeah. sure we catch it before it even happens. But yeah. last year when we lost a lot of it, um, the <laughs> the butterflies will land on the plants and then they'll have a like, little, little, little larvae caterpillars and they'll crawl around and they will like get into the center of the nug. What? The plant, and just like bury a little home right there. So you have to like find where it is. Oh, and no. And if it, they've gotten too far and you just got to throw the whole plant. But oh. wow. learned a yeah. tough, huh. tough lessons last year. A lot of crops lost, but if you can make it, like, the, the, the nugs that make it through are just, like, I, I believe the most medicinal and, and the mo- the rarest uh, cannabinoids. And, yeah, uh, yeah. so you got to kind of fight that battle. And we're learning to do it with, like, BT. BT is kind of the pronunci- like the slang word for it, but um, that's our biggest weapon against the caterpillars. Not a, not a battle. We don't want to battle. We want to embrace. Yeah. We like them, just yeah. not all yeah. the plants. Yes, they yeah. Away. Can we just like... Boundaries. Ca- yes, exactly. <laughs> Compromise route. here, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> don't spray anywhere else. Just on the plants. Yes. Okay, so personally, what are both of your favorite strains that you guys had a chance to grow and consume? Well, we're not growing too many strains, but we what do really you... have two that we're growing. Right oh, okay. What are they? Uh, S- Swazi Dream. Which okay. is the one we've been with for three years and and, okay. bre- and bred for three years, and that's that came. Favorite. Yeah, that's that's our. F- it's uplifting. It's a landrace Swazi land. Go- uh, yeah, Swazi land gold, uh, with kind of a well-known blue dream. Okay. Of blue dream, mm-hmm. and uh, the, it's the F one of that that we've taken to F two, which is kind of two more generations uh, inbred, but it's been bred in our uh, environment and conditions, so. Really sturdy for the oh. outdoors, yeah. Wow. So we, we like Swazi Dream and then Point Break is our other one. And that one's kind of more indica. More, yeah. More inside. 
I really like the, so Jacob was on a mission last year to oh, find, okay. there was a rumor that there was some local hemp just like floating around out there. <laughs> and we like went to Crescent. We like <laughs> drove a lot of places to go find it and we finally found some. So he transplanted it and brought it over and uh, he's made a couple, what is it, clones since then? Or yeah, and that's now cool. we have like a bunch of pretty big. What do you mean like you just found some? They were like natively growing. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, they, wow. We, for our breeding, I wanted to breed. This plant is, uh, the history of it is World War II uh, hemp. Whenever they had American farmers kind of grow hemp for the war efforts oh, wow. for ropes. You, what? Yeah, yeah. That's we used crazy. to grow a lot of cannabis, or yeah, cannabis, because hemp is cannabis in Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, and so a lot of this hemp, after they said, hey, it's illegal now, kind of went feral is kind of the technical term I think I've landed on. Not land race, because land race people have a hand in things, but feral is when it just goes. And couple seeds just, blew in the wind. And, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, they go down into like a river valley, and I found a bunch of it in a little creek just along the creek. So really? for years, it's been getting more like grown and washing down, and it's just like wow. a jungle of. of That's tight. Keep it a no. secret. Yes. Don't tell yes. anybody. Yeah. Tell us. You guys can't know. <laughs> I got the spot. <laughs> That's awesome. Those, yeah, I wanted those genetics, and it'll be a good CBD tincture. Like we yeah. have, we have three hemp plants going this year at our house. So That's awesome. Them, Huge. They look gnarly, and they're like ten feet tall. That's dope. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'll, I want one of those tinctures. Dude, <laughs> I'm serious. Like local to Oklahoma. That's what I'm uh, saying. How you found it? <laughs> it was captured. Some of the tincture we had <laughs> in the creek. Oh, yeah, we're out of it. Oh. We tinctured ourselves. Tinctured it. As you should. That's very <laughs> <tinctured> rewarding. <laughs> That's awesome. So speaking of rewarding, what's the most rewarding part of what you guys get to do? Do you guys have any cool patient stories to share? Oh, man, I wish I had some cool patient stories because... They'll be on their way. Yeah. 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 They'll have Honestly, them. Honestly, yeah. we, mm-hmm. we produce such a small batch that we literally only sold to Joe. That's what's been rewarding is our Shout out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. Hello. Joe. <laughs> Joe's cool shit. He's, he's helped us since we're so kind of new to all of it. Yeah. He's just been the best uh, person to work with. Uh, and uh, I'm sure he has some patient stories and feedback, but we literally, yeah. we, we literally only sold all, all of it to him yeah. last year. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Just, that is awesome. Last year, Joe's so. herb cabinet. Joe's herb, yeah. Yeah. He's he's the man. He is a man. I love that. Yeah. So what's something you guys feel like the Oklahoma cannabis is doing really well at and then what do you think it could be doing better at the industry well the they just got metrics so that's kind of been confusing is trying to figure (laughs) out what they are asking of us and then what they're actually gonna follow through with because the the laws are just kind of up in the Mm -hmm. air right now and we're learning how to use the metric system so I guess yeah. over time we'll get more comfortable with it. Yeah. But it's scary right now not knowing like when <laughs> someone from Metrics just going to pop up and survey our yeah. place and what we're doing wrong because we've never had them come survey before. Yeah, just yeah. once. We've only interacted with them once, but yeah, they can. Was it Metric or was it OMA? It was OMA. It was okay. Because I've heard, because Metric is a program out of Florida. Yeah, and they're kind of. And they haven't caught up with OMA. Well, OMA is run by. Not now, but at the beginning was just the Health and Food Association, I guess. And these people just got thrown in. Because I remember when I got audited, I got audited like twice at the dispensary. And the lady was like doing this checklist and she did one. And I was like, why is this on here? Like, this doesn't even apply to us. And she was like, I'm just following a checklist they gave us. I don't really know what's happening. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Excuse me? They're they're pretty. We got a checklist too. We got our, and he's like, oh, I just got to fill it out. And he was actually really cool. Yeah, he was. But. Metric. I'm scared of metric. Yeah. Honestly, I we've got it 
figure it out for now uh, and everything tagged and all, all That's nice good. and zipped up. So, but I don't know the biggest thing I, that we're doing good as a state mm-hmm. is kind of the question or. Yeah. Well, the fact that we have cannabis legal here yeah. Yeah. blows my mind when I moved to California and it was all, you didn't need a card whenever I was yeah. living there. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back and that was like right around the time it started becoming yeah. legal here. And I'm excited to see the the growth in what the dispensaries start to look like with more competition over time. Because yeah. in California, the dispensaries are amazing. Like one yeah. of those dispensaries, you walk in and the entire inside of the building is an actual growing tree. Oh, wow. And the like, branches Gosh. are the shelves where they oh, have wow. like, the stuff. Whoa, yeah. what? So they That's have to get right. really creative. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, really That's creative. Sick. Yeah, very creative. Yeah, I'm ready to see some of those here. I think we could be doing. And I agree, dispensary, uh, like, experience. Like, Mosaic does a really cool job mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, but uh, I think we could more focus on how things are grown, like, uh, like it make growing outside regeneratively or consciously really cool. Uh, yeah. And how I think we're doing that, too, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And kind of hoping to hold space for the little guy here in Oklahoma. Uh, I think that's something we need to. To earth conscious. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's good. So speaking of the industry here, what about community? There's a lot of great people that are eager to learn more and just like share similar passions. What do y'all, why do you guys think that community is so important? Change happens in numbers. You need a lot of people to make a difference. So it can't just be a couple little startup mom and pop. (laughs) We need everyone to start doing more sustainable practices just to help our local area if not you know the planet in general yeah Yeah. that's like our basis community we rely on communities of bugs of plants of of people like to make our grow successful we need communities and and interconnected living systems so it's that's like and that translates that fractal kind of out into how we should behave as people we need to work together have our roles in exchange and move it just moves life forward yeah. uh, in a good way that mm-hmm. if you're focused on community at all. Yeah. What you guys are doing reminds me of, I think I think it was Reed from Mosaic or Resonant that said it, but that there's problems with like grows, people start grows and then they'll abandon them and then there's all that waste and runoff oh, that, that they leave and then it, it we don't know how it's going to damage the earth quite oh, yet, man. but it's already doing it. Yeah. So what you guys are doing is really cool because it reminds me of the exact opposite yes. because instead of the runoff and stuff, you're using the earth to treat the earth. And like when yes. you said your soil was getting better or has gotten better, that's exactly what that reminded me of because all of your runoff is actually just nutrients that's oh, going right back in, which is really cool. So it's like that problem is already alleviated before it was even ever a problem for you guys, which yes. I think is a beautiful thing. I love the light bulb moment. <laughs> yeah. So that is like why I was in industrial ag and taking precision agriculture, learning, because we were needing sensors and instruments to prevent overusing these hard chemicals on mm-hmm. farms. Because if you don't smartly manage your fertilizer, then you are causing runoff eutrophication and issue, all yeah. of this stuff. And like in school, we keep learning, learning. Sediment is the biggest pollutant out there, but that has all these chemicals on it and so we farm in a way that breaks soil and blows dust and creates sediment going everywhere if we farmed in a way that built soil structure mm-hmm. and held it together and uh, it's literally the opposite direction like yeah. you, you just nailed it on the head and that's what started my journey was being like dude let's not just break stuff up let's kind of yeah. re- use yeah. stuff that builds back together and 
Yeah, that's what started it. And it's cool that you, like, it's cool to hear you say that about the soil and that you noticed it because, I mean, that's not, Oklahoma soil isn't necessarily, it's, it's good. It's just red dirt, though. Yeah. You know, it's not, like, awesome. great, like, nutritionist yeah. soil. Yeah. So the fact that your soil got darker, that was, oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what's crazy. That's the first thing that stuck out was you said it got better and then it got darker. And yeah. I'm like, darker? You're well, like creating huh. habitat. Yeah, which is cool. There. That is humic, humic, uh, humus. Humic acids is like the soluble, but it is organic matter. That is that dark color. And it's that only going to get better, which is awesome. Yeah, and you're, you're only going to hold more water. Yeah. You're going to be able to manage. That's where my head was at first is hum- organic matter has 10 times the water holding capacity of uh, like a sand or clay it's like extremely a bigger reservoir to hold water and after it rains for your plants and if you just build that you're just gonna it's at almost at exponential at a certain point it yeah. tapers off but yeah get your increase your organic matter and you you do a lot to your to feed the plants and the air, your ecosystem so, yeah that's awesome y'all are Crazy. killing it yeah it's really? dope to hear yeah it's really cool to hear so we like to ask everyone this question and the answers are always different but what's a stigma surrounding cannabis that you guys would like to see changed if you smoke you're a stoner <laughs> you i don't like how it's kind of looked down upon mm-hmm. it depends on what group of people you're around yeah yeah but i think it's helpful for sure <laughs> very helpful no i agree um maybe the stigma of like i know there's that short-term memory comes well, about, yeah. but learning in, in cannabis sometimes it just helps you get into an excited I learned a lot when I would uh, smoke uh, and study things or be curious about something and be excited mm-hmm. just kind of having a magical or wonderful experience while learning can help you honestly be productive if can break that stigma of cannabis makes you. I always better. wonder if I smoked in high school and college if I would have been way better off. What is if, <laughs> like really? Uh, That's the thing everyone says that when you smoke you're not productive. But Jacob, it, I swear it's like his Adderall. He will like take Pro- it in the probably, morning, and then he just gets this huge burst of energy and starts like cleaning the house or like Dude, doing amazing. things. Like, how are you up right now? I just smoked and I want to go to bed. <laughs> it's a That's no funny. Connect. We're all yeah. so different. Yeah, yeah. Just also like, unique. Mm-hmm. Just like. Earlier, when I said that humans and cannabis are so similar, it, that's why it works. Yeah, so every strain works different for yeah. someone. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. also like, it is so true. Yeah, yeah, so cool. True. Well, guys, full circle. <laughs> I think this concludes our episode for today. We appreciate you both so much for taking time, sharing your passion, coming to meet us, and just educate us and everyone listening. Yes, and also, um, you guys can find Jacob and Danny doing their thing on Instagram. It's at agape.gardens.ok. So you can follow their journey and any questions that you may have for them. And agape is spelled (laughs) A-G-A-P-E. Yes, Sam. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And as always, Bran, stay medicated. I just wanted to say to the Cannabis Hangout uh, that... Thank you for what you're doing Uh, from the bottom of my heart. Truly, I believe you getting information out to the people and the right information out to people about medicine, especially medicine, um, is like the most important thing uh, you could be doing. And it's just that builds community. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Me and Danny appreciate that. And I know the people appreciate that. And yeah, just for having everybody's best interests in your hearts, you can really tell. So, Well, thank you for those sweet yeah. words. We really appreciate you both. That was so well said, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. You're oh. the best. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.